Welcome back to Josie's Midnight Ramblings, where we talk about everything and anything. This is your host, Josie, and in this week's podcast, we will go over some works of poetry. There's three poems in particular that we will discuss. We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Identity by Julio Naboa Polanco, and When All My Cousins Are Married by Amy Nezuka Matatil. We will discuss how elements such as language, imagery, structure, and point of view convey meaning in the poems. Alright, so we need to be familiar with literary elements and what function and impact they have on literary works. When analyzing the poems, we also need to essentially be able to discuss the poem's purpose and what meaning it is trying to tell us about the world. So let's get right into it. Alright, our first poem is We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This poem is our safe poem. It is safe because at first read, it does not take much to understand the meaning that is trying to be conveyed. The poem begins with the speaker repeating the title, insisting that we wear the mask that grins and lies. The mask is not grin or lie, but grins and lies at the same time, demonstrating to the reader that the smile is never genuine. The speaker goes on to explain that there is deep suffering behind this depiction of joy, using powerful imagery to tell the reader that their hearts are torn and bleeding, and their souls are tortured. It is easy to infer that the mask is a metaphor for someone who is oppressed or has to suppress their feelings and thoughts in an unjust and unsympathetic society. Most people can probably relate to the idea of having to mask their emotions at certain times in life, so they would probably be able to pick up on this metaphor. Although race isn't mentioned in this poem, it is essential to its meaning since most of Dunbar's work engage with race in some way. Therefore, this poem's metaphor extends itself to the specific experience of being black in America during his time period. Alright, moving on to Identity by Julio Naboa Polanco, our Work It poem. This poem requires a bit more analysis as its true meaning may not jump out at us at first. The first thing that is fairly easy to understand is the theme of the poem which is individuality and the freedom that comes with retaining one's own personal identity. In this poem, Polanco uses an extended metaphor, imagining himself as a weed which, unlike the flowers, may be ugly, but will never find itself harnessed to a pot like the flowers are. In the following quote that I'm about to read, we get a sense of the weed's freedom. It has the ability to live, to feel exposed to the madness of the vast eternal sky, to be swayed by the breezes of an ancient sea. Through this vivid imagery, we get the sense that the weed has a soul and is able to spread its seed into places the flower could never reach. We also begin to understand why the weed would rather be a weed rather than a flower. The flowers may be pleasant smelling, beautiful, and appreciated, but they grow in clusters. There's nothing to distinguish them from one another. By contrast, to be a weed may mean being viewed as ugly and foul smelling, but at least it means that one is an individual and retains individual freedoms. It can also feel dangerous at times to define normality and break outside of the pots within which the other people live. However, although a weed will not be praised as flowers are, it will also not be plucked. Polanco describes humans as greedy, suggesting that they praise those well-behaved flowers only because they ultimately want to be able to harvest them. People are taught to be and behave in certain ways so that they can be used by others later on. Weeds are considered ugly because they cannot be purposed in this manner, but at the same time, the weed itself knows that it is free. It has freedom of expression and it is independent of corrupting social influences, unlike the flowers. In all, the flowers are clearly physically beautiful and pleasant, but they lack inner beauty. This beauty is not necessarily the physical beauty we may think. It lacks a kind of beauty and freedom and individuality. 
Moving on to our risky poem, When All My Cousins Are Married by Amy Nezuko Matsuto. This poem will require us to use all of our brain cells. Okay, alright, maybe not all, but a lot more. When we first read the poem, we may assume that this is merely about the author ranting about her family's disapproval that she has not gotten married yet since she's the oldest cousin. So perhaps we should take it a few lines at a time. In the first lines, the author speaks about reading a book and remembering that she is above words like arrange, dowry, engineer. It is clear that she considers herself to be more than what her family or even society expects her to be or do. Her family has a set of expectations that clearly differ from what the author has set, those being getting married. When she mentions engineer, this may be a play on the stereotype that many people have against Asians, how they are all doctors or engineers. In the next few lines, the author speaks about spiders. In many cultures, spiders are considered to be good luck. In the next lines, we see that they take great care in collecting all these spiders, perhaps wanting to bring a lot of luck into the couple's marriage. Moving forward, she speaks about a spider larger than her hand, and how it left for the front door without saying goodbye. Since the author keeps bringing up spiders, they are probably significant, and perhaps she doesn't literally mean spiders. Perhaps the spider was a person or an opportunity that walked past her. The next few lines are italicized. But it didn't bite you. It left, no? These lines seem to convey a bit of disappointment from her family, maybe because she didn't seize the opportunity her family wanted her to. Towards the end of the poem, the mood shifts. She starts to explain that she is not scared of these spiders, like her family believes her to be, but she wants something a bit different from these spiders. She wants someone who gasps at gigantic jackfruits. However, it seems that she still wants them to have the ability to see a dark cluster of spider eyes. Throughout the poem, we see this internal conflict that the author has with themselves and her Indian customs. Perhaps the author is trying to describe her difficulty in finding an identity that is a bit of both. It is clear that she does not completely resent her customs, she just has trouble finding a balance that is still true to herself. Overall, this poem is definitely a risky choice seeing as deciphering what the spiders truly mean in the poem has stumped me multiple times. Overall, this poem is definitely a risky choice seeing as deciphering what the spiders truly mean in the poem has stumped me multiple times, and even now I'm not sure if I correctly interpreted what they meant. And that's it for tonight's podcast. Join us next week where we have a heated discussion in which we decide which show is better, Avatar The Last Airbender or Legend of Korra. This has been Josie's Midnight Ramblings.